I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Last November, I was honored to be selected to play for the GB Lions under-19 American football team in a friendly against Holland. As for England, don't fund American football. Its players and parents must pay the bill. This year, we have matches against France and Norway and hopefully in the European finals in Italy. Without the support of the Britball community, I will never have this opportunity and I want to ensure no other player ever misses a match just because they couldn't afford Please help by donating to the GoFundMe page to support us all. Thank you very much. Phones to silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts Stocks, Sparky, Murph and Nick. Hey, what's going on, Rush Nation? Welcome to Friday's show. This is an absolute banger. Cannot wait for this. It's, I don't know, this is one of the reasons I got into fantasy football. So, me and Murph in the studio. Murph, how are you? Yeah, really good, thanks, mate. Yourself? Yeah, good, good. And then we're joined on the line by one third of the fantasy footballers, Mr. Andy Holloway. Andy, how are you? I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for having me on. No, thanks very much for joining us. Really honoured that you uh, are coming on, spent some time as sort of stuck to the main reason he actually started this podcast was uh, listening to you guys so this is a, a dream come true for both of us but especially for him yes sir well that's awesome yeah I appreciate that and uh, we certainly love what we're doing and it's a lot of fun and you guys got a good thing going <laughs> we really appreciate that it, it means a lot to us yeah it does it does so quickly we'll get into a little bit about you Andy how did you Jason and Mike end up being as you are 
Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a funny turn of life that ends up in a fantasy football business. But we, uh, we actually all worked together for many years. Jason ran a company doing uh, gaming on Facebook and iOS devices. And so I worked with him. I went to high school with him. We were longtime friends. And we pretty much, uh, all three of us worked at that company. And we, we pretty much annoyed everybody around us with the amount that we talked about fantasy football. Um, <laughs> As you can imagine, there's, uh, there's a number of developers and programmers and people of that nature at a, a tech business. And we'd go out to lunch and we would just, uh, uh, regrettably for them, uh, dominate the conversation with trade talk and players and the office league that we had going on. And so it was always a passion of ours, played for many, many, many years. And Mike and I started writing for, uh, I think, Fantasy Pros back in the day. And we actually, uh, the beginning of the podcast came out of, our own league and our obsession with it and deciding to Mike and I start a podcast just for the players in that league. And so we literally just once a week would turn on the microphones in his office, make fun of one another, all the trades, all the things that had happened and the people in the league. And then we would put it out there as a show just for 12 people. And, uh, you know, people laughed, people enjoyed it. We had fun. Um, and then, uh, I think it was Jason who said, "Hey, maybe you should maybe you should forward face this thing at some point." And uh, we we started turning it forward, and and felt like there was an opportunity in the market to to create a show that was both entertaining and accurate. And that's our objective. You know, we're not always perfect in that by any means, but that's the goal. And so we, uh, as that business was shutting down, we kind of switched gears, and uh, we all thought we'd end up doing something else. We didn't figure he could make a career in the podcasting fantasy football space, at least a full career. But the show caught fire pretty early, and we were able to keep it going, and now we're at almost 700 shows. So um, pretty pretty fun time. Yeah, I heard the one today that was 6.99. Am I right? Uh, it's very close to that, yeah. we uh, And between, we do like an extra show every week for our listeners over on Patreon. So we've definitely, uh, we've, <laughs> we've definitely put in a number of shows at this point. You have, and you guys are real sort of trailblazers for the entire fantasy football industry because – you know, about you guys and what you did, there wouldn't be people like us doing what we do, which is on a much smaller scale, but it gives people like us the inspiration to to do what we do. Well, I think that's the really cool and unique thing about the podcasting space and just new media in general is um, because we obviously, we, we get reached out to by a lot of people who want to make a name for themselves in fantasy football or, uh, you know, be able to market themselves. And like, this is all new territory for a lot of us. And podcasting, I think we got in, when podcasting was, you know, it had been out for a while, but it wasn't in the public public eye to the degree that it was after shows like Serial and all the true crime and then big, bigger networks. And, you know, now you have competing entities like iHeart and Spotify and Apple and Google that all want their piece of the podcast space. So, um, you know, it's a unique time to be producing content, whether it's fantasy football or, or whatever niche that you enjoy talking about. I think it's, um, it should be exciting for people because there are ways to build your brand and to make money and um, be able to do something that you enjoy. Yeah. Well, we're trying and it's, you know, it's just a hobby for us and we absolutely love it. So for you guys to turn it into us, it's just every day must be a dream day. Arjun. Yeah, it's, it's pretty close to that. I mean, we really give a lot of credit to, you know, the people that we work with and the team that we have. And, you know, we've got some good people that, uh, you know, work really hard to help us build a consistent product. And 
you know, it wasn't always like that. I mean, it was a hobby for us too, to begin with. And, um, we figured it would probably be a hobby and, you know, maybe we'd make some, uh, some spare change and be able to grab a meal and we'd be doing something else. And, um, but you know, that's just, it it just kind of flourished. And, and I think that, uh, at any moment that can happen to any show, you know, you have the opportunity to kind of create something that you're passionate about and people, you know, the one thing I do say, and I really like talking about the entrepreneur side of it all. It's fun for me. Uh, but one of the things that I think people got on board with was supporting us as an independent show and as people. So a lot of the times people want to drive and build their business around, you know, what five products can I sell that people will buy this year and then come back to. And, you know, that can, that's obviously uh, important, but people really rallied around supporting the show and doing something independent and doing something different than, you know, what they had already heard. And I think that's, that's where our, our roots are. Yeah, I love that. And, and that's sort of some of the things that we're thinking about ourselves is, you know, I come from a business background. I work in um, technology sales for startups. Um, that's my day job. So yeah. you know, I spend a lot of time talking commercials and, and doing deals. And I think, you know, at the moment, we're just looking to grow our brand. We feel we've got a good product with good content. But what sort of advice would you give, I guess, <laughs> while I've got you here, uh, for us in terms of uh, building that up? I don't think we're at the stage yet where we can um, sort of draw on the kind of levels you, you guys are. But what would you suggest is the step once we get a, a, a stable following of, you know, several hundred or a thousand listeners or whatever it might be? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that a lot of it has to do with consistency. You know, we had a, um, we had a listener stop by the studio, um, to visit this morning and he was telling us, <clears throat> excuse me, he was telling us that, you know, we've been part of his day for four years. You know, he, he works a job where he works remote and he's got the, the computer on behind him. And when the show comes out, he's got it on the screen and, you know, whatever schedule, whatever thing you have going, I think consistency is super important in that space. So people can come and build it into their routine and make you a part of their day or their week or their workout or their job, whatever the case may be. And then, you know, in the beginning too, for us, it was about, and it's still about listener interaction for us. But when when I say in the beginning, it was about that is we were more able to interact on a one-to-one level with every single person that that wanted to talk to us. So we were very active on, on Twitter and on social media. Um, We were trying to be as, active as we can. And and now we have, you know, some limitations. We can't answer every question that comes in, but creating ways that we can continue to interact on a one-to-one level, you know, for us, we do, we do some live shows where we get to see uh, a ton of people. And, um, you know, we still try, you know, Mike is in, in the social every day, trying to answer as many questions as he can. So uh, consistency and just, you know, if you don't love what you're doing, it's not going to translate into that kind of communication that builds the brand. So, um, I never encourage anybody to say, hey, go pile on five, six, seven shows a week just because you want more content. But I would say go find a consistent routine that people can start to count on and build on and, and uh, interact with on a regular basis. Seems like a good idea to me. It's brilliant advice. <laughs> yeah. So moving on to your NFL team, for those who don't listen to the fantasy footballers, who do you support and why? Yeah, I support the worst team in football, the Arizona Cardinals. Um <laughs> Yeah, we were uh, the basement dwellers this year, but I am uh, born and raised Arizonan here in Phoenix. So I have uh, always been a Cardinal fan and always will be. And this year it was very painful and it made me very excited to be a fantasy analyst that can talk about 31 other teams and not my home team. So that's, uh, you know, nowhere to go but up. We got the first pick and and, uh, we'll see what happens. 
listen, we're, we're with you. So Stocks is a Denver fan. Uh, oh, okay. And I'm a Buccaneers fan from my time in Florida. I lived in Florida for five years around the turn of the okay. century. So Buccaneers made sense for me. I was in Orlando. So, hey. Well, if one of us can make the playoffs in the next five years, we'll be happy then, right? <laughs> exactly that. So, you know, <laughs> they say misery likes company. So That's right. Yeah, right. this is perfect. Listen, we got Joe Flacco, so we're going. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should watch out. Yeah, you're set up. <laughs> so let's talk some fantasy. How did you get on in 2018? It, did you Did you win any rings or... How'd you get on? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, one of the things people ask a lot is how many leagues we play in. And so we have kind of, uh, we feel like we relate best to the people we're talking to if we're not in like 10,000 leagues and don't care about, you know, care about every player the same. So we we prioritize like three major leagues, I would say, that we've been in for many years. One's a, um, one's a, a full dynasty league. One is a, like a three-keeper league that we've been doing for 10 plus years. Um, and then we have a listener league that we invite the listeners into, and that's a, that's a redraft every year. So in those three leagues, I did not win any championships this year. Jason actually stole the dynasty title away from me this season. I was going for the repeat and, uh, he managed to, uh, disrupt that and now tortures me daily over it, uh, <laughs> with the trophies and the t-shirts and the things that Jason, uh, flamboyantly displays around the office. Um, and then we, we normally play in like a handful, maybe, you know, two or three industry leagues. And so, um, had some success, but no rings in those ones either. So, you know, sometimes you, uh, it's all about the process, right? We hear that from the, uh, from Joel Embiid in the NBA. It's it's all about the process, doing the right things and letting the chips fall where they may. So, um, pretty good seasons made the playoffs in all the major leagues, but no, no rings got to come back hungry. Yeah. Tell me about it. I, I failed in half my leagues. I got to the semifinals and failed spectacularly in all but one. And that one was a foot plan league, which I got invited to last year and I won it. Oh, nice. Thanks. Nice. And part of that was I had a water bet with one of the other guys about Devontae <laughs> Adams getting a thousand yards. And I didn't use the wheel of water. I just filled up one of the tractors at work and then tipped the entire bucket. <laughs> I hope you videotape that. We'd love to, we'd love to see that. My goodness. Yeah, we got it. We put it on Twitter, but I'll send it. I'll send it over to you. Yeah, send it over. I'll retweet it. That'd be that'd be great. That's uh, you know, that's why we play. We play for those moments of uh, ridicule, whether it's you on the wrong end or the right end. It's uh, it's why everybody's so obsessed with it each and every year. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about a little bit of fantasy football strategy. Moving on from 2018, because you didn't have the best of years. <laughs> <laughs> no titles. No, no titles. <laughs> um, so how do you work out your strategy for the season coming yeah I, I think it's an interesting process um you know we're kind of going through it in a way on our show right now where uh i think next week we're going to be doing 10 things that uh we need to remember from the previous year and you know there's that combination of projecting forward and reflecting on what just happened and uh in fantasy because there is so much analysis because there are so many voices and you know, so many different bias biases that we can have. Uh, I think it's, it's a balance of not swinging the pendulum too far. You know, we were talking on our show this morning about the fact that, you know, when the, the wide receivers have a big year and then the next season, the pendulum swings. And so you see people overdraft the wide receivers in the first three rounds um, or the, you know, the wide receivers disappoint and all of a sudden the running backs um, begin to, you know, take over the first round. So I think it's a matter of kind of, trying to wade through the uh the pendulum swings and the uh the pain that you might feel from a specific player um we were really surprised 
to look at where, you know, obviously it's very, very early, but to look at where some of the players that may have burned people last year are going in drafts thus far. So players like, you know, maybe Dalvin Cook or Devonta Freeman seem to be uh, significantly lower in the average draft position thus far this year than I, any of us expected. You know, they're, uh, somebody like Dalvin Cook's going in the late third round. We saw Devonta Freeman going in the fourth round. And that's because it's a very visceral thing to get burned by a player. You know, you had Devonta Freeman or Dalvin Cook to start the year, and you were disappointed. And so those, those wounds, those burns, they seem to uh, last into draft season. So I think a big part of working out the strategy is trying to literally forget last year when it comes to the players you owned on your roster, the players that you uh, were disappointed in, and trying to look with a fresh, clean slate on the new year. That would be one of the big things I would highlight. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. And it's actually something that uh, consumes a big debate we have here in, uh, in our studio with uh, tight ends. So I'm, sure. just, I'm not of the belief that the injury plague of 2018 is going to come back. And I have more faith in the, the tight end class than most people. So there's a lot of a, what I would call almost an overreaction to take a tight end in the uh, you know, back end of the first, second round. Um, and having to take one of the two or three main guys, whereas I think there's still probably a strategy out there where you could wait and get paid off. What do you, where do you sort of sit on uh, on tight end strategy for for next year? Yeah, I mean, it it was one of those things last year where if you ended up, you know, choosing right, and and uh, I guess Kittle would have been the real steal from last year, where you didn't have to invest the high pick, you identify him and he performed for you. But you know, players like Ingram and you know. Njoku and then Howard with some injuries, you know, that was difficult, like you said. So I probably, um, you know, last year, if you, if you did take the route and, and draft a guy early, somebody like Gronkowski, you were burned that direction as well. So um, I, I think that generally we treat quarterbacks and tight ends very similarly where you're trying to find ultimately the best value that you can. So looking at next year right now, I'm saying, hey, if I'm going to spend up on one, I'm going to spend up on the best value of that upper echelon so that would be like a George Kittle I'd rather take him around later than Kelsey or two rounds later depending on what league I'm in um, but generally I do take the approach that you do where I'm looking to try and try to find value later on in the draft maybe identify a guy in waivers early on in the season that has a a bigger role because you can get burned projecting that in the draft you know Trey Burton didn't work out for people that spent up on him last year and a lot of the injured injury plague guys that you mentioned. Um, you know, it, it, it didn't work out. So I, I try not to overspend on draft capital on one of those one position players, quarterback and tight end don't generally spend up, but again, everything, everybody's got a price, right? I mean, if you, if somebody slips far enough um, and they represent a positional advantage, that's more valuable than, you know, drafting depth at running back or wide receiver. I'm, I'm all about it. Brilliant. I'm going to sound clip that. <laughs> and every time, I'm just going to hit that. And yes, cool. yes. Love it. Well, Thanks, Andy. <laughs> Absolutely. Sorry about that. No, that's are fine. You, so are you a first-round Travis Kelsey guy? Is that what I'm hearing? No, no, no. Never first. Uh, if, I was back <laughs> of the, if I was back of the second and there was no one else available, then I would consider Kelsey. But then we'll, I've always been you – know, I'm, sl- I'm sliding. I'm sliding. I'm now sort of end of the third. I well, I, you know, it is nice. To, I mean, look, sometimes the, the being able to put the guy in – and set it and forget it. That's nice. I, I don't blame you for wanting that. And and the, at least with Ertz and Kelsey, you've got what? They, I think they've gone back and forth one, two, one the last three years. So you've 
kind of know what you got in those positions, you know, and, and that's a pretty big advantage. But uh, if you can, if you can draft one late and, uh, you know, make up for most of it, then that's generally how I've gone. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, well, I own, I own Kittle and Kelsey in my main dynasty league. So I, I'm not worried about tight end there. Yeah. You're kind of in good shape. <laughs> so you guys, your ultimate draft kit, for those of the listeners that don't know, is just a massive resource that you guys put together that is available for drafting and stuff like that. Do you use the UDK when you draft? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great resource for, um, you know, we're trying, we've always kind of had the philosophy on our show. We're not telling you what to do. We're trying to equip you with the information to make your own decisions. So um, that's kind of the best description of what the ultimate draft kit is, is we build out, you know, we put in a hundred plus player profile videos where we're breaking down, you know, two to four minutes of perspective on a player by player basis. And we'll update those if things change news wise over the, over the off season so that you can kind of take in information from, you know, charts, reports, our projections, um, you know, you can look at something like we have a really cool tool in there called reception perception that Matt Harmon puts together where he charts out receiver performance, independent of quarterback performance. And you can kind of hopefully just assimilate all that information into your brain so that you can make a decision, you know, that, that suits your team and your league. Because I think one of the things that happens a lot is, you know, you've got a lot of different inputs, articles, podcasts, but none of them are in your league. None of them know how your, uh, your best friend from work trades players, and none of them know what the draft tendencies or the specific league scoring is for your league. So it's better to just provide really good information, hopefully, and that's what we try to do in the draft kit and let you make decisions based on the context of your league. So we're doing some cool stuff this year to help with that. We're, you know, for the first time, we're going to put in customized scoring so you can input your scoring system and see projections based on your league as opposed to just the standard half-point, full-point leagues. And uh, we're going to come out with like a mobile app version as well uh, that we're just going to include in there so you can kind of more easily, maybe at your draft, pull that up, see the player lists, and make informed decisions. That's great. And it's also a good time to get it now, isn't it, Andy? Because you've got a special promotion on. Yeah, yeah. It's always better to get grab it at pre-order pricing because uh, that's the lowest price you're going to get it on the year. And then you'll also get access to like Dynasty and Rookie Rankings. We normally, uh, we kind of early release those. The normal draft kit comes out in June. But as soon as we've got our Dynasty and Rookie Rankings after the NFL draft, we put them up there. You've got early access to them. And then we're giving some different bonuses away to pre-order it right now at and that's at ultimatedraftkit.com if you want to check it out. Nice. I certainly used it two years ago, and it helped big time. Good. Glad to hear it. Yeah, it's a great resource. And it's, you know, I think what's great about it is everything's there. You know, And what I also like about it is everyone in your league can have it and can interpret the information differently. Yeah, yeah no so doubt. It's not like just having a cheat sheet of 100 names and everyone's picking out of the same list with the same names. Um, I think that's what I like. Sometimes people go off the... Uh, you know, some of the uh, Red Wire magazines or rankings and you find that people are just drafting off the same list with a lack of knowledge or taking a punt. You <laughs> you can almost predict what the next uh, 10 picks are going to be. So I think that's what I like about this is it allows you to draw your own conclusions. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, and I was um, for many years, you know, pre, pre-footballers, I was I always look forward to the time of year where, when I could go to the bookstore and, and I'd, you know, spend 50 bucks buying five magazines just to obsess over content and being able to think about football as soon as possible. And the, the sad part about that is those magazines end up having 
players on the wrong teams and outdated information. So we wanted to try to create something that, like you said, gives you all that information and keeps it up to date. Um, and if you've got, not everybody has a lot of time to prepare. So if you need a cheat sheet or you need to grab something, you can do that. But it kind of uh, hopefully fits whatever amount of time you have to do the research and enjoy enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It takes me back to when I was first playing fantasy football in the Barnes and Noble, just not paying for the magazines, but sitting in there all day and writing oh, down yeah. all the knowledge. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was almost going to say it was Barnes and Noble for me too. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I'm thankful that I play in the, I've played in the digital age only. It's, oh, okay. All right. I think once I did a, a soccer fantasy and you had to send the slip off to your high school office manager or something and it was just... Oh, yeah. Was, yeah, you used to do that. You'd send I remember money. that, yeah. I remember when you pay, we'd send it in the paper and it was like, what is this? You know, it's like, uh, how, how does this work? But it was fun to, you know, stare at box scores every day in the newspaper. <laughs> My wife works for a national newspaper here and up until five years ago, they were still doing their entries. Oh, okay. <laughs> they finally got into the digital age. Uh, there you go. UK work. That's madness. <laughs> so with 2019, have you got any early must-grab dynasty pickups? Oh man, early must grab dynasty pickups. Man, let me think. Um, whew, I uh, I'll tell you, I I have enjoyed dynasty leagues more and more and more as the years have gone by because of all the activity in the off season. Um, I think you're always looking at players that have the question marks around their name. I mean, if you're asking me, I'll start at the top and then we can work down to some other names, but. Um, one name that will come up is Darius Geis. We'll talk about him in a second. But Gurley, I, I've already tested the waters on people's opinions of Todd Gurley in Dynasty Leagues. There was a time last year when I was getting trade offers in November because I've got Gurley in one of my Dynasty Leagues. And I was getting trade offers like, you know, David Johnson plus Devonta Freeman plus a first-round pick plus a second-round pick, all for Todd Gurley. And I had to say no because I, I was playing to win right then and Gurley represented this different advantage. Now you have the doubts, the weird lack of performance at the end of the year. Was he hurt? Wasn't he hurt? C.J. Anderson, blah, blah, blah. It seems like people are really afraid of what could be for Gurley. I'm not afraid. He's the highest paid running back in football. He's got MVP votes on his belt under his, uh, you know, this past year. And so for me, he's a, he's a high-end target in Dynasty Leagues because if someone's afraid and you can swap somebody that's a lower tier, you know, maybe you can get, Todd Gurley with, uh, you know, James Conner plus something. You know, if that's the category you fall in, I'd be looking at that. If you're looking down the list a little bit, you start targeting players that have bigger question marks around them. You know, uh, at running back, maybe it's a, a Darius Geis. We haven't got to see him, but Washington needs a full-time back, and he looked like he had a lot of juice early last year. Um, I'm a big Sonny Michelle fan. And if you go deeper than that, you know, where do guys like Damian Williams fall in Dynasty Leagues? Because nobody knows if he's going to be the guy in Kansas City, but they know if he is, he's going to be, you know, a potential top 12 guy. Wide receivers, guys like Chris Godwin, you know, DJX wants out of Tampa. Can you get Godwin at a bargain price? I don't know. Possibly. No, no. Not, not if I've got him. No. <laughs> not if you've got Well, see, that's what you got to you got to take the temperature of your league because there are a handful of players. That's, this is the time of year, though, where if you can make that trade, it, it's almost like um, you know, pre-IPO stock pricing or something. If you, if you have a conviction about one or two players and you can go get them at that bargain basement price, this is when you, you laugh for about three years afterwards because you still – I mean, last year, to give you an example, last year 
I went out in our dynasty league and I traded what at the time was the most valuable dynasty quarterback in a lot of people's minds, Carson Wentz. And I traded Carson Wentz in a package to get Patrick Mahomes and a first round draft pick. And at the time, look, I, this is not me trying to gloat. I've made plenty of terrible dynasty trades, but at the time there were a lot of question marks around that trade about, Oh my goodness, what are you doing? How can you make that move? But obviously in dynasty, that trade has paid off for me in spades. So that's the kind of return you can get at this time of the year. Yeah, I've been doing the complete opposite. So I took over a team in Stocksy's league, uh, the OG league, and it was an absolute awful show. I was low on picks, uh, low on everything. So I'm literally blowing it up for picks. So I've traded every tradable asset. Cooper, Philip Lindsay, Adam Thielen. Thielen, They've all gone for picks in the next two years because I didn't have a first round in in either draft for this year or next year, and I had no players. They were the best players I had. So I've literally blown the whole thing up for draft picks. And now well, you got you to make that decision, right? Because you don't want to stay in the middle there and finish second to last and, and uh, you know, have assets that are getting older. No, exactly. So I went ahead and took three first-round picks this year, two first-round picks next year, with well, some thirds in there as well. So Something tells me you're not done either. <laughs> I'm not done. I'm going to acquire as many first-round picks as I can get. There's a few more players. Still got Cam Newton I can trade. No, no one's taking him. Uh, you'd Let, be surprised. We digress, we digress. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, the dynasty game is pretty fun you know it's just uh, uh we've had a couple teams do that in our league and they look like they you know they blew it up and it looked bad and then all of a sudden they, this year that you look at them and you're like oh my goodness is this the uh is this a dynasty team now where you're gonna uh, not in the sense of the league format but are they gonna run off 10 championships in a row because they they acquired saquon last year with that pick that they had stashed away and they made all these great picks and nick chubb's on the team and it's pretty fun to be able to craft your own kind of uh, play style with Dynasty. I think that's what I appreciate about it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's why I'd agree to take it on, despite the fact that I can't win a game in the next two years. <laughs> no, exactly. You, you'll beat me. You'll be that team that comes up against me on that terrible week, and you'll beat me and stop me getting to the championships. I know it. That's the plan. Yeah, that's the fun thing about fantasy is what ha- you know what's printed on paper doesn't always take place in reality, and all of a sudden you'll be competing for a title earlier than you thought. Or the great team loses one player and, and have to reconfigure. So it's um, unfortunately or fortunately, I guess it depends on your perspective. Uh, things don't normally go according to plan. Yeah. So with, with, with that being said, what are, your, what are your three keys to success to help our listeners win their fantasy leagues next year? Oh, just three keys to success. Um, well, obviously, I mean, do, is one of them listening to, uh, bo- let's say, both of our podcasts? Is that fair? Yep, I'll yep, take that one back. <laughs> So, I, I mean, I guess uh, the overarching point there is, uh, to not be self-grandizing would be just take in a lot of information. Uh, the more information you got, the better decisions that you can make. So for a lot of people, I say, hey, get connected onto Twitter. Follow some people, beat writers that you can trust so you get news before other people do. Um, you know, the right mix of information is going to help you. You know, the other one, the, the second one I would say is, Generally speaking, try not to be uh, extremely reactionary, right? It's easy for people to plot a course, draft a team, and then panic and transition away from that team after week one. That doesn't generally go the right direction. You've got to have a little bit of a steady hand, see the forest for the trees. You know, last year you had players that, you know, either stunk in weeks one and two and performed later on. It's a long season. So I would say being patient and, and, is a big key. 
And then uh, the last piece, you know, we say it on the show all the time. You don't, you don't win your league at the draft. That's just the foundation for your team. And uh, a lot of the times people give up if they have a rough start, but you can, uh, you can kind of reverse course pretty quickly because if other people in your league are giving up, if other people aren't paying close attention, they're not listening to the, uh, the podcast or reading the articles or paying attention on Twitter, um, you can take advantage and go on a run really quickly. So it's, it's a handful of moves that makes all the difference. And it's just staying the course, being consistent and, um, you know, making that trade or two. I, I'm always about two for one trades where you're sending two out and you're getting the best player in a deal. A lot of people don't realize that when you do those type of trades, you're opening up an opportunity on your roster to grab a free agent, to grab a, another player. So you're really, it's never a two for one, right? You're up, you've got an opportunity to grab a guy um, and you get the best player in the deal. So look, there are a lot of ways to skin the cat, as they say, but those are some of the things that I've tried to stay consistent with myself. That's fair. I love that. I've got too many players on my roster currently because they're IR spots. So I've been trying to do two for ones all over the place to get rid of two and take one back that's better that's than what right. I've got. That's right. So. so you guys obviously do a hell of a lot of research. Have you got any tips for our listeners and us, I suppose, of, of how you do your research and, and what to sort of look for when trying to rank players on a week on your own where you have them sit, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, there are a lot of factors, um, a lot of which we don't have the full picture of yet heading into 2019, right? Because two of the big, uh, one thing that's, that's mostly come to pass and we have most of the information is what's happened at the coaching staff level. So offensive coordinators and head coaches. And we've seen the difference that those can make in years past. Look at Matt Nagy in Chicago. Look at uh, Sean McVay in, in uh, Los Angeles. So that's a, a piece of the puzzle is looking at how offenses are going to change. Um, but the other two big ones are going to be free agency and it's going to be the draft. I mean, a player like Damian Williams today, his entire value, the way you uh, project him changes with if Kansas City spends a third round pick on a, a running back that we didn't expect them to do, or if they end up grabbing a free agent running back or something of that nature. So right now, uh, when we're waiting for information and, and don't be afraid to change your mind. You know, I think that's another thing that you see with the ultimate draft kit. If a, if a player situation changes, it doesn't do you any good as a fantasy player to dig in your heels and say, no, I, what I thought about him is what I thought about him is what I thought about him. I mean, information changes all the time. And, you know, it's better to look a little stupid now, change your mind, than a lot of stupid later when he's on your team and he's sunk your, your entire season. So stay water, I think, is the refrain that Mike uses on the show. Stay water. Be able to adjust to the information that's coming in and um, – you know, those are the big things that are going to define player projections for next year is what happens at the draft and what happens in free agency, which are still to come. Perfect. I think that's great. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think one last question, Andy. Yeah, go for it. What's the greatest prediction you've ever shared on your podcast? Oh, yeah, this is a good question. The greatest prediction I have ever shared on the podcast. Um, man, at, at least at the top of my mind, I think it was being all in on Todd Gurley before last year when, when he had had this struggling, terrible season and people were doubting whether he was capable of even producing at a high level. What talent did he have in the passing game? I was all in on Gurley before the McVay season. So I think that that one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grade it on how it performed for the listeners. And so that one had the biggest impact on listener teams. If you bought in, on Gurley before last year, you probably won your league. So I was very happy to be 
affirmed in that at least one conviction on this show. And like I said, they don't all go right, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy and proud of that one. That's a big one to get right. <laughs> yeah, there's worse ones, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it was nice to see Kittle perform last year after I invested most of my fab dollars in week one on him. Um, you know, that helped out a lot to uh, put your money where your mouth is. I'm, I put $44 in fab early on in the season and said, hey, if you've got an opportunity, hey, it's kind of what you were saying about tight end. If you've got an opportunity to get a difference maker, it was worth the risk to miss on him. So um, that one worked out pretty good as well. Yeah. It's probably the best $44 of fab you've ever spent, right? Uh, it will forever be until I can <laughs> replace it, no doubt. Andy, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely, guys. I appreciate you having me on and, and best of luck to you uh, on into the offseason in the new uh, 2019 year. Thanks very much. Why don't you tell our listeners for those, although I can imagine almost everyone we know is listening to yeah. uh, your podcast, but you've also got another podcast you, you do on a Monday, which is uh, absolutely brilliant. So why don't you uh, go ahead and, and say where they sure. are, where they can find sure, you. Not. I appreciate that opportunity. Yeah, we, we like to have a lot of fun. We are uh, three ridiculous fathers of children, and we like to entertain, and we like to talk about things other than football for an hour a week. So we, we do. We have a, a comedy podcast called The Spitballers. We throw that out every Monday. We rarely know what's going to be said on it, but it's a lot of fun. It's a good opportunity to uh, you know throw on a family-friendly show in the car with your kids. And so, uh, yeah, you can check that out or the Fantasy Footballers podcast as well. And um, find us on Twitter at the FF Ballers if you want to stay connected. Yeah, the Spitballs podcast is, is brilliant. I wrote a review uh, <laughs> last week, but no, I appreciate that. I yeah, love the story about you filming your your brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw him at a family birthday party over the weekend, and we were laughing about that. Um, it's weird the stuff that comes up, but we we do we like having a, a conversation about you know we'll draft things like food instead of players, and so. Uh, you know, I'm looking at uh, the vote for this past week. We drafted a meal. We had to draft, each of us drafted one piece of a meal, one after another, and it's a tight vote right now. So really, I'm coming on this show so that you can vote for me on, uh, on Twitter at SpitballersPod. Consider it done. Yeah, we're done. All right, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> right, Andy, I'll send my water bet video over to you. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, Murph, this has been a pleasure. Andy, is, say hello to Mike and Jason for us. I'll and- do that. We will catch up with you real soon. But until next week, Rush Nation, don't forget, keep rushing. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.